Hey everyone, welcome to the House Church Podcast. This is Pastor Jamie here. I'm so glad you decided to join us for today's broadcast. Every time we come together as a church, people encounter God. So my prayer is that you too would experience His presence and hear His voice for yourself. Please enjoy today's message. Join me in prayer right now as we uh, welcome the presence of the Lord and uh, who's already here, but that we get to be thankful to dig into his word this morning. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done so far in this time. Holy Spirit, that you are absolutely at work and the opportunity to honor God, what you've done in the earth, are doing in the earth and will do and uh, that we get to be a part of it. And so, Lord, we just set this time apart right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, would you speak in and through your word this morning. Open our eyes, open our ears, that we could know you more. Anybody who dared to agree with that said, amen. Can't tell if you're quiet, contemplative, or I don't know. What's going on this morning? You guys are awfully quiet. You guys good? Come on, smack your neighbor and say, it's good to see you, okay? Go for it. You've been wanting to hit him all morning anyway. I'm going to apologize beforehand. I may need to cough a few times. I have a little catch in my throat. Not sure what's going on. I'm drinking some lemon water. I also have a cough drop in my mouth, so if you hear something weird going on in the mic, it's probably that. Like, we're violating every form of etiquette of speaking, so here we go. You're good, right? All right. Hey, I want to tell you a story real quick. Last weekend, how many were here for baptisms? And Okay. There was pretty significant time of just encountering the Lord, honoring what he's doing in lives. Um, I don't know. There was 20-plus people got baptized. It was incredible. As we were baptizing people, then people kept coming up, and so this is where we kind of lost count. Uh, And... And, and, and people just being moved by the Lord were suddenly compelled to, to honor his presence and, and step into that moment. And uh, I, there's something so powerful that takes place in baptism as we are, we are immersed into the name of God. And that is so significant. And I, I'm going I'm to actually talk about this, this next weekend, not today, because today is a significant day as well. But you need to know that God is at work in our day. He really is. When we feel, we experience, we, we, we ex- know the empowerments of the Lord, when he speaks to your heart and tells you something to do and you act on it and then God moves, do you know that that is, is phenomenal? That people long for that kind of purpose. To know the voice of the Lord and to act upon it, Wow. How incredible of an opportunity is that for you and I? Be sent by God on assignment. Woo! Part of honoring what Jesus has done in your life is responding to the leadings and the promptings of his Holy Spirit. That he ascended into heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit in his place and said it would be better for us than having him right here. I don't know if you can get your head around that. I have a hard time getting my head around that. 
Because when I imagine if Jesus was literally leading me in physical form, that I would have an easier time, you know, doing what he tells me to do. Anybody? Yes? Right? Okay. When he speaks in him through his Holy Spirit, the presence of the Father in you, you are the temple of God, and he speaks to you, he puts something on your heart. Oh, friend. There's no difference than if Jesus with flesh on right here said to you, hey, you ought to go talk to that person. You ought to go pray for that person. Your heart moved with compassion towards something. Hey, you should probably do something. Are you alive this morning? Uh, today's Pentecost Sunday. Yes. This last week, we were, uh, I-, I was... I was having a quiet time, and I was just spending time with the Lord, reading the scriptures, you know, a daily process for, for Nicole and I. We just spend time in the Word and, you know, and get taught. Hopefully that's a part of your life as well. You know, get a daily reading plan. If you don't have a plan, it's hard to do that. You'll, you'll feel inspired to read the Word sometimes, but you won't stick with it. Get a plan. It's amazing. You have apps in your phone there's like a thousand versions of those things. Download one, begin to read. Amen. All right, there you go. There, that's a sermonette. That was all for free right there. There you go. You didn't have to pay for admission for that one. When you spend time with the Lord and he speaks, he'll remind you of things that he's said to you before. You ever had that happen? Reading something and suddenly something, a memory comes to mind of something he told you before or whatever, a picture. That happened to me this week several times. Last weekend, I, I was, was up here just helping with baptisms. There was this unction in the room, right? And it just kind of was a flow weekend. And, and that unction, I was looking at the people and I was leaning into the spirit. Just what, God, are you saying? What are you doing? And I saw this vivid picture I wanted to share with you. And then we're going to open the word. The picture was this. I saw us as a people with like a bonfire, like in the room. Like we're worshiping and we're expressing our love to the Lord. And it's like we're taking cups of gasoline and just just chucking it on the fire. Right? Worship service. Chuck it on the fire. What happens? Right? And I'm watching this happen over and over and over. Like, as the sacrifice of praise goes forth, we're just chucking gasoline on a fire. And the expression that happens on a Sunday morning feels powerful. It feels like there's momentum on it. It's incredible. I've heard criticisms, you know, from people concerning, like, charismatic worship. Oh, it's emotional. You're dang right it's emotional. Jesus paid with his life. Are you kidding me? You think there won't be any emotion in heaven? I'm sorry, Stoics aren't up there. Your God is passionate. Mm, I could preach now. So we're chucking gas on the fire, and it's boom, and it's exploding. And I'm watching this, and out of the corner of my eye, okay, just imagine with me. Like, we're all like, yeah, Jesus. We're all getting moved. It's powerful. It's hot. Woo! And out of the corner of my eye, I look over at the prayer room, and there's an engine sitting in there. And what it's lacking is fire and gas. 
And the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, if you take a little bit of what you're doing in here on Sundays and just put it in that engine over there, the thing would start to run and everything would change. So, I'm so glad you're sitting there, Tad. I'm going to get happy here, man. So, uh, so I am having my devotional time on Wednesday, and the Lord reminds this of me. And then he asks me a question. Because I was thinking, we have, a, we have a men's prayer meeting here on Thursday mornings. And it's out in the foyer. And, and he brought that to memory, and then he asked me the question, hey, what date is tomorrow? He does this to me sometimes. Does the Lord ever ask you what day is? Like he doesn't know. Because it's not for his benefit to answer the question. It's always for ours. And so I looked it up, and it turned out that Thursday morning was the day of Pentecost. This is Pentecost Sunday, 50 days past Easter. But the day of Pentecost, the actual celebration of it, is no, it was Thursday. And on Thursday, I had this imagination. I saw this picture, and so we were... Uh, on Wednesday night, the Lord's reminding me of this. He tells me, go and look. And I go, oh, wow, it's Pentecost morning. And then I see this picture. I see the picture of the men of the house. Worshiping and praying and ministering. We do this every Thursday morning, and it's wild and it's fiery. It's awesome. Prophesying over each other. Like, it gets really deep. It's awesome time. If you're a guy, you're welcome to it. Come on out. Thursday mornings, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Except for it's no longer in the, the foyer. Because on Thursday morning, we made this decision. We were like, I told the guys, I said, hey, I saw this. I think we're supposed to take our fire and our gas. I think we're supposed to put it in the prayer room. We're, we're, it's a prayer meeting for crying out loud. Why aren't we in the prayer room? And so we went ahead and we moved to the prayer room and we began to worship and pray in this big circle. We got a picture of it. Um, of course, I didn't put it on the screen because I forgot about that. Sorry. Next service. We're in a circle. There's 30 of us and we're worshiping and we're praying and the presence of God like hits us. Boom. And the set apart moment was like, I think we just pulled on the ripcord of an engine. That's what it felt like. So we pressed into it a little bit more. Hey, let's dump a little more gas in this sucker. Let's see what happens. Right? So we pressed in a little bit more. Huh. When we finally got that sucker going, people were on the ground weeping in the presence of the Lord. Gift of tongues was released among some of them crying out, and there was such an authority that was resting on that place. I want to invite you. Begin. Begin to take your prayer closet seriously. Don't just worship the Lord on Sunday mornings. Bring it home. You know, there's an engine waiting for you in that prayer closet at home as well. Are you alive? I felt like we were supposed to just talk just a little bit about Pentecost, since that is what today is. And uh, I thought we could walk through the scriptures a little bit. And as we do that, 
my hope is this, that it will stir something in you that says there's more. That it'll stir something in you, especially my Lutheran and Catholic brothers. My Baptist brothers, my, my friends <laughs> who did not grow up in this type of environment, and this still feels kind of crazy to you. I'll tell you that God is bigger than the box you have him in. Way bigger. My charismatic friends that think you have a, a corner on this, my Pentecostal friends, I speak in tongues, I know what the, the gist is. Ah, my friends, the river is supposed to get deeper than that. And that initiation was just an invitation to something far greater. Are you guys ready? This is Genesis chapter 3. If you've got a Bible, please open to it. Genesis 3. In verse 22 through 24. We'll hit this quick. The Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now... He might stretch forth and also take from the tree of life and eat it and live forever. Bummer. Adam and Eve chose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It awakened their own personal sense of conscience. And now they are going to choose to go their own way. That is what the knowledge of good and evil is. It's wisdom to make choices for yourself outside of your dependence on God. If you wonder what happened in the Garden of Eden, it's that. It's that God made man in his image, and the purpose was for us to walk in union with him, expand the garden, see heaven on earth. That was the point. Except for Adam and Eve stretched out. They saw the temptation of, oh, we could do this our way. Stretched out their hand, took forth the fruit that looked like wisdom to them. They ate of the fruit, and suddenly their eyes are open to a dimension of life that they were never supposed to be aware of. Something changes permanently in them, and we have been chasing God ever since. Humanity has been attempting to go its own way ever since the beginning. We try to perfect it. We try to reach God. We come up with versions of religion that can touch the heavens. But the reality is this, is that there is only one way to touch the heavens. It is through a new covenant with your God. The way needed to be reopened. Look at what it says. God sent him, Adam, out of the garden. No longer access to heaven on earth. To cultivate the ground which he was taken from. And so he drove the man out. In other words, Adam did not want to go. And at the east of the garden of Eden, that phrase there, at the east, that is the phrase for looking towards eternity. It's in the scripture several times. It's always written like this. Coming from the east. It means to look towards eternity. At the east of the garden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned in every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Because he didn't want Adam and Eve reaching out, touching the eternal life of heaven, and being stuck permanently in a state of being where they were always forevermore chasing God and never realizing him. Always doing it their own way and never succeeding. Zero satisfaction in life, and you don't know if you did a good job or not. The only way is to touch eternity, and you don't have access to that place because God stationed a cherubim and a flaming sword that turned in every direction, just in case you thought you could, you know, 
deke around him. It wasn't going to happen. Remember that phrase, okay? Cherubim, flaming sword. You got it? Locked in. We see pictures of cherubim several times in the scriptures. They're always winged angels. They're the angels that are reaching over the very presence of God over the Ark of the Covenant. It's where God speaks from. So the cherubim's wings, for some reason, the wings of the cherubim, the flaming sword is where the voice from eternity speaks to man. Always has been. Let's fast forward a little bit. God has gone and raised up a people out of Abraham, and unfortunately they've been in slavery now in Egypt for quite a long time. He raises up a deliverer named Moses. Moses leads the people of Israel out of slavery into the wilderness. But they don't know what they're doing. They've been enslaved for generations. They have no idea how to walk with God. And this God just rescued them out of slavery. God leads them to a mountain. And in the midst of it, it says this. This is Exodus 13, 21. Exodus 13, 21. The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud, in a wonderful, cool breeze, let's say. A wind from heaven. A wonderful pillar of cloud by day, and a pillar of what? By night. Fire. To give them light that they might travel by day and by night. Air conditioning during the day, heating during the night. Amazing. You know what it says about that people during that time? That their stuff never wore out. No disease, no miscarrying, and their stuff never wore out. Their shoes for 40 years. Have you ever had a pair of shoes for 40 years? (laughs) They didn't wear out. That's amazing. Clothes didn't wear out. The people suffered zero sickness. Can I tell you it's because the Lord's presence was over them. The window of heaven was open over them. They were experiencing a flow of life that could only be defined in that moment where the wind of heaven and the fire of heaven were over them. Fast forward, Exodus 19. Come on, let's keep going. You got your Bible track shoes on. It came about, they, they come to the mountain of God. It came about on the third day, it was morning, and then there was thunder and lightning and flashes and a thick cloud that came down upon the mountain with a very loud trumpet sound. All the people who were in the camp trembled. You would too. If a mountain started smoldering and it was rumbling and there's peals of lightning and thunder and a trumpet sounding like... What is happening here? And Moses brought the people out of the camp to come meet their God. Hey, let's go meet him. They stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was all in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like a smoke of furnace. And the whole mountain was quaking violently. The sound of a trumpet was growing louder and louder. And Moses spoke, and God answered him with thunder. 
the Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called to Moses. He called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, "Uh, Go back down. Warn the people that they do not break through to gaze upon the Lord because they'll perish. Let the priests who come near to the Lord make sure they consecrate themselves, or else the Lord will break out against them. Moses said to the Lord, The people can't come up Mount Sinai, and you warned us, saying, Set boundaries, the mountain, and consecrate it. The Lord said to him, Go down, come up again, you and Aaron with you, but do not let the priests break through. Moses went down to the people and told them, and God spoke these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And then he begins to speak. You shall have no other gods before me. And the scripture goes on that the Ten Commandments are given in those moments. And if you know the story, the people are like, stop having God talk to us. We're frigging out. You go talk with him. Just come back and tell us what happened. (laughs) Do you know that the Feast of Weeks is celebrated In Israel, it's the celebration of what we now call Pentecost, day 50 after Easter. After the Passover, the lamb was sacrificed. And then we have what is known as the the festival of first fruits. It's what the Feast of Weeks is. But rabbinical tradition tells us that it's also the celebration of this event that we just read. That it's when... God gave the covenant of his commandments to God's people. That in that day, I want you to see it, that in that day, the Lord had been leading the people. None of their stuff wears out. He takes them to the mountain. He opens up the window of heaven to descend upon the mountain to talk to Moses. And what the people experience is what? Wind and fire. Rabbinical tradition also says this, that when God was speaking, it came forth as waves of sound that they could see. That the plume of smoke and the cloud was billowing out towards them with every voice of God and that it would wash over the people and they heard it in every language known. Boom! Out into creation. The voice of God releasing his commands This is my covenant. Do you want to know me? Want the way to heaven? Let me open the door. Experience the wind and fire. Here it is. Let me open the door. Let me put my covenant before you. Choose to walk in it or not. Here's the way. There walk in. The feast of weeks, the first fruits of God, the day of Pentecost, all celebrating that experience. Come on, lock your brains in. Think about this. Where does this go? This is the prophet Jeremiah saying this about the covenant that's coming. Not the old one, but the new one. This is Jeremiah 31, 33. Come on, keep your brains turned on. This is the covenant which I will make with my house after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. 
Okay? Not an external covenant on stone. Not based in a temple. Where is he going to put it? I will put it on their hearts and I will write it. I will be their God and they shall be my people. They won't teach again each man to his neighbor saying to his brother, Know the Lord, for they all will know me. From the least to the greatest of them, declares the Lord, and I will forgive their iniquity and their sins, and I will remember it no more. Huh. <laughs> oh, Ezekiel 36, 27. Ezekiel's version of this. I'm going to put my spirit within you, and I'm going to cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinance. I'm going to put my spirit within you, and you're going to obey my ordinances. I'm going to write the law on your heart. It won't be external. It'll be something that comes on the inside. Fast forward, Acts chapter 1. Come on, you've been there before. Follow me here. Acts 1 verse 2. Until the day when he was taken up to heaven, speaking of Jesus after he was resurrected, after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen, to these he also presented himself alive after his suffering. With many convincing proofs, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days. He was speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. So you have Jesus resurrected, and for 40 days he keeps hanging out with the guys, teaching them the things about the kingdom. And then he tells them, look at this, come on. See the yawns, smack yourself, wake up. Many convincing proofs. For 40 days he's speaking these things. Then gathering them together, he commanded them and he said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for what the Father has promised. Which he said, and you heard from me, John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized by the Spirit not many days from now. Jesus is looking ahead and he's prophesying and he's realizing his moment. He just hung out with them for 40 days, around 40 days. And where do the guys go once they go to Jerusalem? They go to Jerusalem and they're hanging there for 12 days. In other words, and then the day of Pentecost came. So about day 50, when we are celebrating when the law was given, when the window of heaven opened up, Jesus foreknew and foresaw that God would open up that window once again, and what would come? What comes every time you access heaven? Wind and fire, baby. Every time. Acts 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a noise like a violent rushing wind. Like fresh air coming into a stale room. Crack that door open, what happens? I love the Septuagint version of this. There are two times in the Septuagint, the Greek version of the entire Bible. Two times this phrase is given. The first is when 
God breathed into Adam the breath of life. It says God breathed violently into Adam. And the second time is this moment. It says God cracked the door and he reached down and he breathed violently into those men. Everyone gathering in that upper room. <laughs> and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, this noise. And they appeared to them tongues of fire. And they rested on each one of them. And they all were then filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in what? Other tongues, other languages. When's the last time that happened? Literally at Mount Sinai when the law was given originally. What is this? This is the fulfillment of the prophet's words that God would reopen the way. And let me tell you, he doesn't just open the way because when Jesus paid the price, he removed the obstacle to the way of life. His covenant opens the door forever. I see in heaven an open door for you and for me. Go eat freely from the tree of life. You have access. Nothing is being restrained from you. On the day of Pentecost, God breathed violently into the world that people would begin to have the law written on their hearts, not externally. Listen, I don't know what kind of religion you grew up in, but God is not calling you to a form or a structure. He's calling you to a living relationship with the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. <laughs> Listen, y'all, can I get real with you? I was 19 years old. I attended my first sort of revival service, and I hated it. You might hate this, sorry. I hated it. It was wild, and it was crazy, and people were bonkers. I went home after that service totally like, oh, those people are so deceived. They don't fit within my theological box, and so they must be wrong. God would never do that to people. He would, he would never touch them like that where they were so emotional and so powerfully touched that they fall on the ground, they shake, rattle, and roll, they do the funky chicken, there's all sorts of stuff happening around. God would never do that. I know my God. But something in me like awoke in those services. It was this like, wow, I wish there was more to God. It's like the aroma of coffee in the morning. You know that one? Like someone else brewed a pot of coffee. You haven't walked in and you're like, <laughs> that direction, going that direction for the coffee, right? That thing awakened in me was the aroma of heaven. And I didn't know how much I needed the aroma of heaven. I didn't know because I was so wonderfully and gloriously forgiven and I had received such a glorious salvation that I had no idea I was missing something. And so the smell of heaven attracted me back, and I went back the next week to this revival service. And we came in the service, and worship began to kick up, and I was like, ah, why not, right? 
I began to worship in an environment that was totally contrary to me. And as I worshiped, the presence of God began to come upon me like this oil, like a thick honey. And his love poured in. And as his love poured in, it was so overwhelming. It was messing me up big time. And I'm worshiping Jesus and I'm giving thanks. It was all glory to the Lord. And his presence is pouring in and suddenly something erupts out of my innermost being. I began, this thing just rolls out of me, this total other language. This fire fills me, transforms my life. I have never been the same since. When I went home and visited church, it freaked people out. Because I had been absolutely lit up on fire. Friends, <laughs> there's more. The confirmation of his covenant with you is that he would pour out his spirit upon you and in you, that you would know him. Not a religious form, but you would know him. Are you alive today? Would you please stand to your feet? After this happens, thousands of people come running. What in the world is all this racket? Peter stands up in the middle of them. Let me explain what's going on, Peter says, and he begins to preach the gospel of Jesus. And he shares with them the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. The way has been opened. The promise of the Spirit that we've been waiting for has been given. And when he said these things, verse 37 says, when they heard this, they were pierced to their hearts. They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what are we supposed to do? And Peter said, repent. Change the way you're thinking. Be baptized into the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is to you and to your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord will call to himself. I can tell you that I was saved when he forgave me. Saved, but I had no idea how much more to God there was. Whatever, I don't care what you want to frame it like. Did you have the Holy Spirit? Did you not have the Holy Spirit? Were you forgiven? Were you not forgiven? Were you saved? Were you not saved? Oh, all these nuances, frankly, just arguments. And what are the arguments against? The validity of an experience? I had the experience. You can't convince me otherwise. The question is this. Do you want more of him? <laughs> not whether I'm a... Not whether what I'm saying is right. It's do you want more of him? Because if you want more of him, oh, my friends, it's the day of Pentecost. Why not? Why not? 
Why not? I finished with time left on the clock there. That's a miracle. Praise Jesus. And the reason I did that is because I want to invite, if you were in that Thursday morning prayer group, those men that have been a part of that ministry, I want you to come up here, please. Come on forward, guys. Jump into groups of two. Yeah, come on up. Quick, 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 quick. These are going to be some of our prayer warriors today. And if you would like to receive a fresh touch from God, these guys are going to pray with you and for you. Come on up. Jump into a group of two. Get your prayer going. These guys are going to prophesy and pray over you a fresh touch from the Lord. If you want it, come and get it. All right? Would you put a hand on your own heart right now? Holy Spirit, would you come and have your way in me today? Have your way in me today, Lord. Have your way in me today, Lord. Holy Spirit of God, would you come and fall upon this place today? Lord, we set and we consecrate this time apart for you, Lord. Come and have your way. Hallelujah. 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 Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. It's our hope that God touched your life in a truly meaningful way. And if you were impacted, please let us know by writing a review or share it with friends. If you'd like more information on The House Church, we would love to connect you with our community. Please visit us at ithehouse.org for more information. We'll see you next week.